Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 24, Finding Ego's Hiding Places Those who stand on tiptoe do not stand firm. Those who strain their strides do not walk well. Those who reveal themselves are not luminous. Those who justify themselves are not far-famed. Those who boast of themselves are not given credit. Those who pride themselves are not chief among humanity. These, in the eyes of Tao, are called the dregs and tumors of virtue, which are things of disgust. Therefore, the person of Tao spurns them. That's verse 24 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Lin Yutang. Next, let's break it down. This verse has three parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part one says, Puffing yourself up robs you of the energy it takes to stay grounded. Part two says, Practice recognizing ego's hiding places. And part three says, Always be trying to practice the opposite of selfish desires. At least those are my interpretations of what Lao Tzu is telling us. So here's why. In part one, we see that standing on tiptoe does not mean that you're standing firm. And if you're straining your strides, you're not walking well. I kind of take this to say, if I'm making an effort to get ahead of others, or if I'm standing above others, or if I'm trying to look a certain way, that is energy that I'm using that I could actually use to move into harmony with the Tao rather than 
trying to look better <laughs> than what I actually am. So that's part one. Um, and then, okay, let's say that I'm bought into that idea. The second part is, well, how do I, how do I do that? Well, Lao Tzu tells us that we can practice recognizing ego's hiding places. And here's our clue. Um, Lao Tzu goes on to say that those who reveal themselves are not luminous and those who justify themselves, those who boast of themselves and those who pride themselves. So I can look for circumstances in which I'm behaving in a way that reveals myself, justifying myself, boasting of myself and priding myself. If I get practiced at that, then I can avoid it altogether at some point. So it's a practice, right? Which means that can't happen overnight. It'll take me some time and effort and most of all perseverance, but I'm okay with that personally. Okay. And then number three, the part three says always be trying to practice the opposite of selfish desires. So the way that's kind of put is Lao Tzu says these in the eyes of Tao are called the dregs and tumors of, of virtue. In other words, not playing virtuous, but actually being virtuous. If I am revealing myself, justifying myself, boasting of myself and priding myself, then what I'm doing is I'm buying into making it look like I'm virtuous, not necessarily being virtuous. And so that's, that's kind of my takeaway from this verse. Okay. So to wrap that up, let's remember that verse 24 has three parts to it. Part one says puffing yourself up robs you of the energy it takes to stay grounded Part two says, practice recognizing your ego's hiding places. And part three is talking about always be trying to practice the opposite of selfish desires. Okay, so let's put that back together. I'll read verse 24 again. Those who stand on tiptoe do not stand firm. Those who strain their strides do not walk well. Those who reveal themselves are not luminous. Those who justify themselves are not far-famed. Those who boast of themselves are not given credit. Those who pride themselves are not chief among humanity. These in the eyes of Tao are called the dregs and tumors of virtue which are things of disgust. Therefore, the person of Tao spurns them. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering finding ego's hiding places. There are three. Number one is efficiency of effort. Number two is recognizing ego's hiding places. And number three is paying less attention to distinction. Efficiency of effort. In the last verse, we explored the idea of nature not even being able to create sustained effort. And it seems that in this verse, we're called to look at an example where humanity acts in a temporary nature. Lao Tzu says that a person cannot stand on tiptoe for long, nor can a person walk forever when striding. It seems to me that these are examples of extra, perhaps even unnecessary things we do when wanting to appear more than what we are. And what are we really? 
in verse 20, we talked about comparing ourselves to the world, but weren't we really comparing what we seem like to the idea of what we think we are? In other words, don't we have these self images that we create then look to the world for proof? I suppose I'm trying to say that we put so much effort into presenting ourselves that we miss using that energy to shape our true nature, our true character. Why would I want to step on tiptoe above everyone else? Well, for more advantage or perceived advantage, I think. (laughs) And why is that important? My ego self tells me it's so I can be good later on. If I can secure a position of strength or advantage, that must be good, mustn't it? If I stand above everyone else, that has to be good for something, right? Well, as I'm recording this, I don't know that I can say that that's true, or appealing either. If I stand above everyone, does that help me along my journey towards the source? Does it help me tap into the gifts and power of the Tao? I mean, the Tao's always providing and always creating. I have to be in flow with it in order to experience those gifts and create with it. But if I'm trying to stand above everyone else, that energy I'm using for that detracts from the energy I could be using to tap into the power of the Tao, right? (laughs) Counterintuitive, but it makes sense. It seems to me that it's so logically tempting to want to get ahead of others to be more, especially in professional life, since more money and prestige means more influence. But for what? Creature comforts? Self-validation through comparison with others? I'm just working through this here. This is what I believed for a long time, and to a certain extent, justify my working hours with the idea that I need to be secure and I'm the guy that needs to do that. It's so counterintuitive to think that there is this unseen, unformed force that provides me with everything I need, doesn't it? Yes. Until I start to realize that all the things come from the no thing. Yang manifests from yin, doesn't it? So then it does make sense that instead of trying to create prestige and power with material things like matter, it's much more efficient to tailor that which I need from the very source itself. And I suppose that's the case for trusting the Tao. Next, let's have a look at the direct and personal consequences of my thoughts, words, and actions if I try to lead without the Tao. Recognizing Ego's Hiding Places When I was born, I had no idea about this notion of self, my needs, or anything really. I was still developing as a human. As I developed, I learned to walk, talk, and the concept of mine and yours. Then, I learned sadness, anger, happiness, and love. I spent 40 years trying to understand myself and the world around me, And while I was doing this, I was unknowingly building my ego. It's just sort of something that happens along the way for all of us, I think. We develop this sense of self, perhaps a sense of specialness or separation from others. And maybe then we start taking this thing seriously. I must show you that you are wrong and I am right. It's the only way. This must not fail. These are some statements that I've thought and said before. Looking at them from the Tao's point of view, I can see how self-centered they are, though. They all have to do with my insistence that things occur in a manner that I specify. Which, I suppose there's nothing wrong with that. 
until I began to take it seriously and then pursue my desired end states at all costs, most likely to the detriment of others, but more seriously to the detriment of myself. I've experienced that others are pretty resilient, and when I accidentally offend them, they're ready to forgive. I, on the other hand, am not such a forgiving person. How dare I make a mistake? How dare I feel weak? How dare I not assert myself in this situation? And what is this how dare I stuff? Where is that coming from? And why is it so compelling? Well, by growing spiritually and getting the idea that I am the cause of my own suffering, <laughs> I've realized that it's my ego, my sense of self that is doing all the talking here. That thing I spent 40 years developing? Yes, that's him in there, offering commentary on everything he thinks I am messing up. Only here's the thing, that guy isn't real. He's just a pattern of different thought patterns that I have put together. He, or the patterns, I suppose, are embedded into my wiring so much so that they run automatically and in the background without my conscious awareness. And why? Well, that's a testament to how cool our brains are. They're like learning machines. I learn one thing, file it away, and call on the behavior later when I need it. And that's really handy. It helps me avoid overheating my brain. <laughs> but, the, but the idea that I'm getting at is this. I am responsible for the past development of that nagging, disapproving voice in the back of my head. I am the one who created it. So it would make sense that when it no longer serves me, I may dismantle it and replace it with something that does work. In the first part of this verse, we said that trying to rise above others is an energy-expending proposition in exchange for a temporary and fleeting result. But here's the thing. Just because I'm aware of my tendencies doesn't mean they go away automatically. Nope. I must sometimes look a little deeper and root out those thought patterns that are now causing me pain. And Lao Tzu helps us do that in the second part of this verse. He says... Those who reveal themselves are not luminous. I feel like he's telling us that when we feel the need to let others know how correct we are, or how gifted we are, or any other case where people need to know who we are, we are revealing ourselves. We are revealing ourselves. Those parts of us that just want to be approved of, recognized, and validated. He says that when we do this, we are showing our egos, which I have learned is not attractive to anyone. So I feel like one of ego's hiding places I can recognize is when I'm trying to impress. Next, he says, those who justify themselves are not far famed. I like to think this is the part of me that says, well, it's okay for me to do this, but it's not okay for you to do this because our circumstances are different. <laughs> The third thing Lao Tzu says is that those who boast of themselves are not given credit. Who wants to add more veneration to someone who is full of themselves? It's kind of gross, isn't it? So why would anyone want to shower me with compliments, love, and admiration when I'm boasting about me, my family, my work, or anything else I consider mine? It feels like a way that I'm trying to be better than others. And finally, Lao Tzu warns that those who parade themselves don't lead. And this is kind of obvious. No one likes that supervisor who puts effort into making themselves look good. The words 
showboating or peacocking come to mind here? So I ask myself, what do I do that's fake or exaggerated just so I can look good? So, okay, let's be realistic now. I can't sit here and just rip out all the wiring that I spent so long installing. That would mentally and physically be messy, so much so that it would probably cost me my life, or a big chunk of it. But the sweet part about having cognitive awareness is that I am free to start changing that any time that I choose. And since it took half my life to install it, it makes sense that it will take me the rest of my life to modify it as I see fit. Rewiring takes practice and reinforcement, just like anything else I've found. It turns out that while it feels jarring at first, it does come more naturally with practice. The procedure, I mean. So this is how I can practice this concept today. I can do five things. One, I look for times when I've been agitated or fearful. Number two, then I consider the situation and sit with my feelings as best as I can. The third part is without justifying my behavior or viewpoint, I carefully consider how I tried to impress others, how I tried to justify my viewpoint, how I tried to take credit, and how I held myself in a greater regard than others. And then number four, once I've recognized these things, I can see where I've been standing on tiptoe and walking with big strides. So that five, I can continue practicing awareness, and then I can think about what I would like to do instead the next time something like this comes up. Now, I'll be honest here, and I'll tell you that I really don't want to do any of this. It feels like moving backward. Shouldn't I be master of myself after all this time? Ironically, the answer is yes. <laughs> but while before that meant to me that I should be respected and reckoned with, it now means that I should look for the people, places, things, and situations which disturb me, understand why I have adverse reactions to them, and then change that part of me that is causing disturbance. So if a squall only lasts the morning, and that's nature, and humans are much less physically powered than nature, humans can't really expect to affect great change with bursts of temporary energy, can they? Lao Tzu points out that standing on tiptoe and walking with strides is a form of this expenditure, but then he refines that and says that, look, we expend energy needlessly and only temporarily when we try to assert ourselves so that others recognize who they're dealing with. So my question to me is, why bother? I found that the ego is a very sneaky thing and very pervasive to the degree that I allow it to be. But since I've spent so much time creating with it, I can also modify it, direct its attention elsewhere. And that's what I can do by practicing part two of this verse. And last part of this verse, there's one more thing that Lao Tzu calls us to look at. And those are the symbols of distinction and decoration. So let's look at those now. Paying less attention to distinction. In antiquity, there were land titles, leadership titles, military titles, all sorts of things that distinguished the sage from everyone else. In 2020, there are job titles, executive positions, words to describe distinction like owner, founder, mastermind, PhD, collegiate, fixer, Partner, writer, artist, 
podcaster. (laughs) When looked at holistically, we can see that those things are labels. When looked at like rankings, we see that some labels seem to be more desired than others. So I suppose not much has changed since ancient times, except maybe the language we use to distinguish ourselves and each other. Do these things necessarily have to be, quote, bad? Do they serve a purpose? The Machiavellian or authoritarian might say yes. The pacifist might say no. A student of the Tao may say, who cares if they're useful or not? In any case, I think we can find ourselves represented in each of these points of view at some time or another. Here's what I think Lao Tzu is telling us in this last part of this verse. In setting aside the importance of self-elevation, of the quest for fame and renown, due credit, and self-promotion, we avoid gorging ourselves on superfluous labels that, at the end of the day, just like the morning squall, disappear. Perhaps it's better to not think about our ambitions and simply be. Well, as easier said than done, of course. I am personally, in my heart of hearts, not really good at this, mostly because I've only just become aware of it, and I have a lot to practice. Initially, I found myself wanting to eradicate all these qualities of myself. I looked at all the damage my selfishness had caused while I was in pursuit of self-elevation, renown, credit, and self-promotion. I thought that since I had awakened to these sneaky manifestations of my ego, that I'd better start hunting them down and getting rid of them. But my ego skillfully avoids my young Padawan efforts. It's had 40 years to learn to hide things from me and defend itself. Anytime I try to look at it directly, it stands there innocently, gives me puppy dog eyes and asks, who, me? It may not look like a puppy, sure, but it comes in the form of rationalization, of justification, of unfairness, and other things. So in the moment when I'm feeling those things, it's very difficult to deal with them head on. I have found that despite its best defenses, however, my ego is powerless over one thing, lack of attention. When I ignore my desires for self-elevation, I do so by concentrating on the Tao and its principles and by looking in the opposite direction from my ego's manifestations they slowly and without argument slip away. So I think the next best thing I can do when practicing this verse is to remain aware of the unnecessary energy I expend on trying to hold and achieve labels that aren't permanent. I can also practice becoming aware of some of my ego's hiding places. There are more that have popped up for me along the way, and sometimes I need the uncomfortable but accurate opinion of a teacher to see them. But they're always visible if I look for them. And then, when I don't want to continue indulging these manifestations of my ego, I can diminish them by allowing the Tao to enter me and gradually displace them. So to wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering finding ego's hiding places, I thought about three things. I thought about number one, which is efficiency of effort. I thought about number two, which is recognizing ego's hiding places. And then I thought about number three, which is paying less attention to distinction. For the final piece of this episode, 
Let's consider how we can apply the principle of finding egos hiding places in this verse today. I can ask four questions when I'm agitated with another person. Question number one, where was I feeling morally superior? Question number two, where did I justify my behavior or point of view? Question number three, where did I feel like I deserved credit? And question number four, where did I fail to set the example with my own behavior? Many times when I'm feeling agitated, I find it helps me better if I become a little introspective to discover what's really going on. It is usually, if not all the time, that other people are the ones who disturb me. (laughs) Sometimes I ask myself, if I were living on an island by myself, would I be so agitated? Are not the people the cause of my agitation? (laughs) In my younger years, I bought into this idea wholeheartedly, and I began to isolate myself. And eventually, what happened was that I became very lonely, and I forgot how to talk with people. It was at my loneliest that I was actually the least capable of making friends, having relationships, and it took a long time to reverse that. So are people the cause of my agitation today? They are, yes. (laughs) But they're also the cause of my joy, my love, and my contentment. The good news is that I've found people aren't really the cause of my agitation. I am. In this part of the episode, I would like to share with you how we can apply verse 24 in learning more about this. Part 1 basically tells us not to overextend ourselves because that's just not sustainable. The second part says, well, look, here's some ways to not overextend yourself. So let's examine that right now. I'd like you to think over either a large agitation or a small agitation that was recent. Some sort of disturbance where you feel you were in the right and that the other person was wrong. Of course, it can always be a little bit of both. And I find that's usually the case, if not all the time as well. I like to look at the obvious ones, my intimate relationship with my spouse or significant other, my relationships at work, and my relationships with friends or even family. Can you think of an issue that is maybe unresolved to your satisfaction? What did the other person do that was unacceptable to you? What attitudes does that other person have that are just maybe icky or just plain wrong? Lao Tzu says, they who reveal themselves are not luminous. I can read this as those who display themselves as moral or just are not necessarily so. So ask yourself, in the last disagreement with that other person, was there a small part of me that thought that I held the moral high ground? Could I be open to the possibility that there is no moral high ground, just different ways to look at things? Is the other person really intentionally being evil? Or are they just trying to do the right thing with their point of view? Lao Tzu says, Those who justify themselves are not far-famed. I can read this as those who say it's okay for them, but not for others, are not my role models. Ask yourself, In the last agitation I experienced with so-and-so, did they accuse me of something to which I replied, Oh, that's a different situation. Can I take a moment to observe how, from their point of view, even though it seems wrong to me that perhaps it isn't a different situation? Now, I've got to share with you 
that I really don't like this part of the exercise. It's very uncomfortable for me. But once I just consider it for a moment, I do see a way to peace. Lao Tzu says, they who boast of themselves are not given credit. And can you ask yourself in this last situation, was there something I did or my point of view that should have been recognized by the other person as the correct one? Shouldn't I take credit for being right? If it seems that the other person did something to you, would you be willing to consider just for this moment that even though you feel you didn't deserve it, you could allow that thing, point of view, or situation to belong in the past and not the present? Could you set aside the credit you think you're due in this situation? Finally, Lao Tzu says, those who pride themselves are not chief among people. If I'm accepting my role as a leader or an example of compassion in a situation where I'm agitated, would I be willing to allow the other person their viewpoint? Could I peacefully tell the other person how their actions affected me and then forget about it? Could I allow the past to be in the past and move on to the next thing? I'd like to point out here that there is a difference between asking these questions and allowing others to continue behaving in a way that affects you poorly. Remember that it's okay to set boundaries and also remember that once a boundary is crossed, it's not up to you to control the other person. It's up to you to respect your own boundary by not engaging past it. So that'll wrap up our episode today. To consider the principle of finding egos hiding places, I can ask myself four questions when I'm agitated with another person. The first question is, where was I feeling morally superior? The second question is, where did I justify my behavior or point of view? The third question, where did I feel like I deserved credit? And the fourth, where did I fail to set the example with my own behavior? To close out this episode, I will leave you with a final reading of verse 24, translated by Lin Yutang. Those who stand on tiptoe do not stand firm. Those who strain their strides do not walk well. Those who reveal themselves are not luminous. Those who justify themselves are not far-famed. Those who boast of themselves are not given credit. Those who pride themselves are not chief among people. These in the eyes of Tao are called the dregs and tumors of virtue, which are things of disgust. Therefore, the person of Tao spurns them. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao De Jing for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao De Jing. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. 
and four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.